in the name of Jesus. Father, it's a privilege in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. I I saw two women mocking a man of God. Two women. They were mocking this man of God and their reason for mocking him is because he doesn't have money. And to them, they believe that when a man of God is poor, he does not have anointing. Now, people have that idea that a man of God should be able to manifest some breakthroughs before he's able to pray for others' breakthrough. They believe that a man of God should not have sickness in his body before he can heal others. And they believe that a man of God that is constantly under demonic attack does not have the right to perform deliverance. They believe, according to them, they interpret the power of God from the physical realm, from the fleshly realm. And here is a fact. The fact is that God sometimes puts a tongue in the flesh of his men and women. And these tongues are emblems that are used to identify them with God. For every suffering, there is a glory. So God sometimes will put a tongue in your flesh so that the tongue can humble you to, and keep you away from committing sin or from becoming arrogant against God. So somebody having, a, a pastor having problem does not mean he is not called. It does not mean he does not have anointing. It does not mean that the spirit of God has departed from him. In fact, some sanctimonious people also believe that when a pastor is constantly under attack, it means the Spirit of God has departed from him. No. And that is what I want to clear this evening. That's what the Spirit of God is leading me to talk about this evening. Uh, Because a true man of God is not determined by the amount of physical breakthroughs that he manifests. The trueness or the genuineness of a man of God is only determined by the presence he carries and by the scars he carries. Two things that determines a true servant of God. A true servant of God embraces suffering for Christ. And they are identified by this kind of scars. A scar is a sign that you've been wounded before. A scar is a sign that you've been hurt before. Some of them have the scar on their heart. Some of them, the scar is on their marriage. Some, the scar is on their finances. Some, the scar is on shame. They have to borrow money from people around before they are able to feed their family. And because they don't want to follow the path 
that others are following. So they had to just be going around borrowing money from neighbors just to feed their family. And that becomes a scar on them. And because of this, some, some of these men of God are judged to not have the presence of God. Some are judged to have left the presence of God. Some are judged to maybe God has left them or maybe he's under demonic attacks. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The fact is, the trueness of a child of God, the trueness of a servant of God is not contained in the amount of physical wealth or the amount of physical things that he has. It is only, his trueness can only be determined by the presence of God and the scars that he carries. Hallelujah. For every scars, there is a time of healing and a time, that time I call it a time of redemption. Now, a time of scar is a painful time. It's a time of shame. It's a time of disgrace. It's a time of pain. But God controls the time of men. And he knows when the scars will end. So if a man of God, if a child of God waits patiently on God, then the glory comes. And when that glory comes, that is what we call breakthrough. So you can't talk of breakthrough, you can't talk of ministerial, spiritual, financial breakthrough without breakthrough is not, is, is not, uh, is not uh, luxury. Breakthrough is war. Breakthrough simply means breaking through a place where there is no door. Breakthrough simply means busting out of prison where there are guards that are guarding the place. Breakthrough simply means walking through the iron of life. So imagine you want to force yourself out of this building and you don't want to pass through the door because the door is locked from outside. So it requires stress, it requires strength, and it requires rigorous action. So breakthrough is not something that you sit down and you enjoy. Breakthrough is, a, is victory that comes after rigorous war. And most of this rigorous war comes with scars. As a young minister, you need to understand that going through stuff for God does not mean that the Spirit of God has departed from you. It does not mean that the presence of God has left. It does not mean you are under curse. It simply means that you are walking through your wilderness. Now, the Israelites, before they got to the promised land, God took them through the wilderness. And while they were walking through the wilderness, they faced a lot of oppositions. Many of them died during the, the time of attack, and many of them made it to the promised land. So the, the, the purpose of the rigorous wars that comes into our life is to check whether we are strong enough to even contain the blessing that is about to come into our life. Many of us, we do not even have the anointing, the grace to retain the blessing we are praying for. Father, bless me. Father, use me. I want to be able to open the eyes of the blind. I want to be able to perform miracles. I want to be able I want to, to be free financially. I want to be free from demonic oppression. I want to marry. I want to go to America. 
I want to go to Canada. But the fact is that we have not asked ourselves. So if God gives me a blessing of $10 million now, how am I going to handle it? If God should give me even a blessing of $1 million now, Will I be able to handle it? Will I glorify God in that blessing? Or will I become more proud and arrogant to people? Or will I become withdrawn from God? You see, the problem today is that some ladies, somebody told me, he said, man of God, you know a single lady will serve God for the rest of her life. Not when she's single. The day she got a boyfriend that is telling her, I love you. And that is the time you know if this lady will serve God or not. When a boyfriend is able to tell her, today Bible study, you are not going. And you say, oh yes, I, I, don't, I don't even feel like going. I just want to spend time with you. That is when you know that the person is not ready to serve God. All what she's been doing before she met a boyfriend, she's just doing them to get a boyfriend. So you know a woman that will serve God the day she got what she's praying for. Hallelujah. So imagine, I've been praying, Father, I need to marry, I need to marry, I need to get boyfriend, I can't stand alone. Oh God, when 5 a.m. you are in church, 6 p.m. you are in church, every time you are in church. But as soon as she get a boyfriend, the boyfriend first of all becomes the God. Then God becomes secondary. If the boyfriend tells said, no, today we are not going to church, we are going to Accra Mall to go and sh- do window shopping. Window, not really shopping. No. She will abandon church and she will go for that window shopping because that's her boyfriend. That's when you know when a lady will serve God. And it's the same thing with the men too. If a man has been single for a very long time and is poor too, he's serving God, wait until he gets money. That's when you know if it will serve God or not. Hallelujah. So we saw in the life of Apostle Paul, even an apostle of God, when he was talking about the scar that he himself carried. Do you know that Apostle Paul did not marry? He chose not to marry because he knew that women are trouble and they can destroy his ministry. So he decided to separate himself unto God. Not all women are troubled, though. Hallelujah. Now, the Apostle Paul in 2 Corinthians chapter 12, from verse 1 to 9, he said, It is not expedient for me, doubtless, to glory. See, I will come to visions and revelations of the Lord. See, I knew a man in Christ about 14 years ago. Whether in the body, I cannot tell. Or whether out of the body, I cannot tell. God know it. Such a one caught up to the third heaven. And I knew such a man, whether in the body or out of the body, I cannot tell. God know it. How that he was caught up into paradise and heard unspeakable words, which it is not lawful for a man to utter. Of such a one will I glory. Yet of myself I will not glory, but in my infirmities, in my infirmities, meaning he had infirmities. 
And what is infirmities? Infirmities are sicknesses, ailments, weaknesses, problems of lives. Those are infirmities. It's what even Apostle Paul that had the anointing, the grace to actually perform some creative and extraordinary miracles, he had infirmities. Elisha, who had the double portion of the anointing of Elijah, died of sickness. Have you read your Bible to that place? Elijah, who, who, who was the most powerful prophet of his time, he can disappear and reappear. He can disappear and reappear. He, he killed prophets of Baal. But at the threat of Jezebel, he ran to the bush. He didn't wait. Because we are men of God. We are not God of men. Men of God means that we were men first before God called us. Meaning that we are not exempted from the problems that men face. So what people don't understand is that pastor too needs to eat. Pastor too needs to sleep. Pastor too needs to cry. Pastor too have pain. Pastor have things that they are enduring. That they, 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 they put within themselves just to serve people. So when a pastor falls away from grace then we quick we are quick to judge them they are also human beings just as all christians need to understand that we are not strong enough to meet the standard of god everybody needs to know that we have scars so when these women were discussing this man i wasn't happy because the mentality they have about a man of god is that Oh, being a man of God that is praying like that, everything should just be okay for him. He should not face the problem of life. We were not called and we're not promised there won't be problem. God didn't promise us there won't be problem. He said, in the world you will see tribulations, but be of good share. I have overcome it, the world. So as a young man of God, you need to understand that you need to keep that idea, keep that mentality, that ministry is a place you go to enjoy. It's a lie. Ministry is not a place where you go and enjoy. Ministry is a place where you go and serve. Ministry is a, a place where you go and suffer. Eh? Where you see chicken, you cannot buy. Because if you dare buy the chicken, tomorrow you will eat pomo. Will it? You should even thank God if you get will it to eat sir. So, and many men of God has fallen away from grace because of this issue, because they were taught to believe that ministry is a promised land. And when they enter ministry and nothing is happening, they, they perform miracles and things are not happening, they are not buying the cars they want to buy, they are not building the house they dream of. The next thing is, that, oh, uh, don't worry yourself, I know a place in Kumasi, they will give you one thing right now, you start making money. And that is, that is what is going on today. You won't believe I've been in ministry for the past, by May, by God's grace, I'll, I'll be 19 years in ministry, full-time ministry. 19 years in full-time ministry. What I can boast of in these 19 years is lives that I have imparted. 
apart from that, I don't have any other thing to boast of. I don't have any mansion anyway. I don't have any luxury somewhere. I don't have any stash of cash under my bed or anywhere. What I can boast of is lives I have imparted. Amen. And that is a scar. So imagine somebody looking at a man of God and using his present state to judge him. Saying because the, the man of God or a Christian is going through tribulation, it means God has departed from him. No. No. Going through tribulation sometimes is all the signs that we need to know that God is with us. It's what all we need to know that we are still in the grace. Because for every tribulation you go through, God will step in and take you out of it. You are praying for husband. The husband is not coming. Then you start thinking that God has left you. Life is not based on only husband. There are a lot of things that bring life together. So if you pray for husband, you are not getting, it does not mean that God has departed. It just simply means that God is still working on it. Hallelujah. After all, it's not everybody that marries that happy. So where are you rushing to? If you rush in, you rush out. So don't rush in. <laughs> That's what I was telling somebody on phone just now. There are people that they don't even want to hear marriage. When are you going to marry? Hey, pastor, <laughs> marriage, yeah. No, <laughs> maybe 2055. <laughs> because they are scared. So now, Paul, Paul continued. He said, for though I would desire to glory, I shall not be a fool. For I will say the truth, but now I forbear, lest any man should think of me above that which he seeth me to be, and I hear it of me, unless I should be exalted above measures through the abundance of revelation that there was, that there was given to me a thorn in the flesh, messenger of Satan to buffet me, lest I should be exalted above measure. Apostle Paul had a thorn in his flesh. So, a thorn in your flesh is a scar. It's one problem. It's one issue that I've not seen. I've not seen any real man of God. I've not seen any true child of God in this world that does not have one thorn or the other on his or a flesh. That is a sign. It's an emblem. Is a sign that you are on the right path. It's a sign that you are not trying to help God. It's a sign that you have not supported yourself with something else. A scar, a thorn in your flesh, it means there is hope for you because if the allowed the thorns to be there, one day will come and remove it. I have many, I have many over the 19 years of my journey in ministry, I've met so many people, so many men of God, so many Christians with serious life problems. Serious life problems. And God got them out of it. So sometimes when I see some young boys and they are, they are praying to God for something and they didn't get then they get angry with God. They don't want to come to church again. I say, well, enjoy yourself. You have not seen life yet. I've not seen life yet. Whenever you are disappointed, whenever your expectations are cut short with God, those are the time to hold on to Him. 
Those are the time to stay close to him. You went for an interview, they tear you down, they disappoint, they messed you up. Go home and sing praises to God. You pray the prayer of uh, expectations, the, the thing almost touched your hand, then something happened, disappointment set in. That is the time to do what? To rise and give praises to God. That is time to sing songs of praises. That's not the time to go and crawl yourself somewhere and be crying and say, God, you have disappointed me. How do you know God has disappointed you? How do you know God has disappointed you? May God help us in Jesus' name. God does not disappoint like that. Sometimes those things that we thought that we have, we have missed, those opportunities that we thought we have missed were meant to kill us. And God decided to save you brought in disappointment and then you felt God had disappointed whereas he was saving you from problem. So every man of God that carries a scar does not mean that he's a sinner. It does not mean that God has left him. Though some of them God has left them. It does not mean that God has left them. Why did God leave them? Maybe they are doing what God did not call them to do. So you need to understand that as a young man of God if you carry a scar rejoice. Because it's a sign that you are in the army. The armies, the soldiers. When they go to war, do they, do they go and dance Kelewu? Do they go to the, to the war front to go and dance Kelewu? Hey, I am a soldier in the country, Ghana. I'm a soldier in the country. That's what they go and do in the war front. We are caught to war, caught to fight, caught to defend people, caught to defend lives, caught. To, to, to engage the kingdom of darkness in serious wars. Somebody asked me, Pastor, can't these demons, can't they leave me permanently? I said, demons don't live permanently. They don't live permanently because they don't give up. When they come and oppress you today, you fire them. Fire, ho, fa, he, ha, who, ha. They will run. Two weeks later, they are coming back to check you. Jesus said, when a demon is cast out, he goes to the valley, goes to the mountain, roams around. He went to go to... Then he tells himself, oh, no, 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 no. I'm suffering. Let me go back to my former house. Let me go and check if the place is well kept. And he comes back to his former house. All he can see there is a bottle of beer. Because now you have some small relief, you have gone back to your bottle of beer. You have some small relief, you have started smoking again. You started chasing girls. You are now doing things. And the demon will say, Omo, <laughs> this place is clean and ready. The Bible says, Jesus said, the demon will not just come back himself. He will go and bring his cousins, his nephews, his brothers, his sisters, seven more powerful demons than him, then they will come and spoil the life of that person. That's the principle of deliverance. So it means when you obtain a victory from God, you don't relax. You keep praying to make sure that the fire fills you and keep the enemy away from because the enemy will keep coming back. That's the word of God. It's not my word. So a man of God cannot be say I sit in trotro with you does not mean that we are equal 
Amen. I sit in Trotro with you. You enter Trotro, me too, I enter Trotro. You say, oh, pastor is entering Trotro. It does not, you don't know what I carry. The Trotro I sit inside does not determine my ministry. It does not determine my core. Say you go to the roadside to buy cocoa. Me to a line up to buy the cocoa. It does not mean we are the same. That might just be my own scar. And that is the scar that is strengthening me to work with God. Say you are okay and uh, he or she has a sickness in her body. Does not make you a child of God. It means that she is carrying a, a scars. You, are, you, are, you have an area of your life that is scarred too. Everybody has something. Am I making sense? Everybody has something. So Apostle Paul went to God. He prayed. He said in verse 8, he said, For this thing I besought the Lord three times that it might depart from me. Paul was praying for the scars to depart. He was praying that heaven should remove the thorns in his flesh. You know the reply that Jesus gave him. And the Lord said unto me, My grace is sufficient for thee, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. That was Jesus' reply. My strength is made perfect in weakness. He prayed three times, Father, remove this problem. Remove this car from me. These enemies, they are too much for me. They have become, they are troubling my ministry, troubling my calling, troubling my marriage. And Jesus replied, Son, daughter, my grace is sufficient. Meaning, deal with it. That's just the simple meaning. In our young terms, son, oh boy, I heard your prayer, but boy, deal with it. While you are dealing with it, know for the fact that I will back you, I will support you to deal with it. So you got to find wisdom, got to find strategies, find the hope, find the grace, find the strength to deal with it. Because that is your scar. So if, if you go out there to preach the gospel, or your neighbors, they look at you, they see that, okay, every day you are always fighting with your neighbor. You are always making calls, crying on phone, and they want to read your life based on what is going on in your life. They make a big mistake. Because greater is he that is in you that, than he that is in the world. We are not human beings. We are spirit beings. Christians are not human beings. We are spirit beings. So you don't use the circumstances that is going on in your life to judge your present state in the presence of God. Your scar means something to God. Your scar is your strength in the presence of God. Don't sit down there and say, God has not been treating me well. God has not been fed to me. What if he was more fairer than you, uh, to you? What if you had died? He controls everything. My prayer to you is that God will not allow your life to bring shame to his name. He will not allow our life to bring shame to his name. In the name of Jesus. I know of a brother. Everybody was always mocking him in church because to him they seem as a stupid boy. Every time he talks about faith, every time... He is the one that will come to school 
with a trouser that is patched in, in, in seven different places. The school trouser is patched with extra clothes. They have torn, so they have to use cotton. Sew it, pat, 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 pat. The top uniform to the shoulder is torn. And he is the one that goes around and be preaching Christ, be talking about kingdom, talk about grace, talk about faith. Even in church, he, he has only one trouser. The day you didn't see him in church, you know that his clothes did not dry. He, he, he can never miss church. That boy, he doesn't meet Bible study. He doesn't miss Sunday service. The day he miss Bible study, it means that that one black trouser he has, he washes it, it did not dry. So when he goes to school, what he does is that his school knicker is what he wears around. He wears shirts that he has at home on top of the school knicker. That's why every time he sews school knicker, it doesn't take uh, two months, the thing will start tearing. Because when he gets home, he uses the school knicker to play to. And on the days of program, only one black trouser, which is even bigger than if you put four of our heads inside, <laughs> it will fit. <laughs> so the day you don't see him in church you know that his trouser did not dry and when you see him the next uh, Monday you can see the guilt written all over his face oh I'm sorry I couldn't make it to church oh, my trouser did not dry so everybody knows that that is him he got to a point you know our ladies are, so I pity some ladies eh? they started mocking him they will be mocking him in church saying bad things about him in church, saying all sorts of rubbish things about him in church. But the day God chose to take the scar away from him, something little happened in his life and his life transformed. So when we, when we, when we see ourselves carrying some, some, some scars, some problems, and people are mocking us as God's children, you don't pay attention. You focus on the journey. One day God is going to answer your prayers. And once God answers it, He's going to put because where you left those people, that's the same place you will meet them. So Apostle Paul cried to God how many times? Three times. This is somebody that saw Jesus face to face. This is somebody that his conversion was was supernatural. Imagine Apostle Paul who was driving to go and kill Christian, and on his way on Damascus Road, Jesus left heaven. If you remember very well, he just ascended to heaven. It has not even reached 12, or it has not even reached a month that he ascended to heaven. But because of Paul, because Jesus was interested in his conversion, the Bible says that Jesus came down from heaven and appeared to him. So, 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 why persecuted thou me? So, his conversion was supernatural. Nobody will ever think that Paul will have any problem in life. This same Paul, they have to put him in basket. He went to Jerusalem to preach some time. So they put, they have to let him, they have to put him in a basket. He was a short man though. So they have to put him in a basket and let him down through the window. Otherwise they will kill him. So he had this car. He's somebody that when he prays, heaven should respond to him immediately and remove the scar immediately. Because he got to a point that even his shadow was healing the sick, was raising the dead. So uh, logically and physically, if we think about it, should such, should such a person even have problem? Should such a person have delayed answer to his prayers? 
It shouldn't because he, he carried too much of the presence of God. He was the, the, the last apostles that came, that, that was ordained from heaven to replace Judas Iscariot. He was ordained to replace Judas Iscariot. Though they had casted Lord, they had voted for another one, they voted uh, Matthias to replace him. But Paul was the one ordained to, to fill that space. So nobody would believe that Paul will actually have such problem in his life. But when he prayed, the first time he prayed, Jesus answered him, Son, deal with it. That was just the answer. Verse 9 of uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 12. And he said unto me, My grace is sufficient for thee. For my strength is made perfect in weakness. The perfect answer is that forget. I will help you. But I am not removing this stone. Then he went to another corner. Maybe, maybe this part where I'm praying, maybe there are too much demon in the place. Let me go to another place. He went to another corner to go and pray. The second time, he heard the same thing. So, deal with it. I'm not going to do it. Just endure it. No, 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 no. This, uh, the, the, the territorial powers in this place, they are too much. He moved to another angle, prayed. Then the third time, he heard it again. He said, my grace is sufficient for you. Because my strength in you is made perfect because of that turn in your flesh. If not for the turn in your flesh, what I'm doing in your life right now, what I'm using you for right now, I will not be using it for them. It is because of the thorns in your flesh that my strength is made perfect in you. So, nobody should, 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 should make your faith go down because some things are not happening in your life as you expected. Some opportunities are not coming as you expected. Some miracles are not happening as you expected because that could be the only sign to show that God is truly leading you somewhere. Sometimes, God can choose to take us through the wilderness road. It does not mean that he hated us. He wants to shape us. He wants to strengthen us. He wants to build us. I, 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 I went to visit a friend. He's a pastor. He's very committed to the things of God. I, I see the, the level of pain, the level of things that he's going through, what is happening in his life. I ask myself, God, why? This person is serious. This person is, is committed. This person cannot, cannot take God for granted. This person cannot play with God. This person is committed. He has a good heart, like the heart of David. God, why should you allow this kind of problem to happen to this person? Why should he be going through all this? And then you ask yourself. He will not even answer you. Sometimes... Sometimes you pray some prayer, God will not mind you. He won't say anything. He won't answer. God, why this? You just be there. You just hear brown in your ears. Nothing. He's not saying anything. Because there is a lesson for us to learn from those things. A scarred life does not mean a wasted life. A scarred life means someone that has been through it all. And they are still standing. Somebody in the future will need to hear your testimony. How you stood with God even when it wasn't easy to stand by Him. 
how you stood with God, stayed faithful with him, even when nothing was enough for you to stay faithful with him. He was silent every angle. There was nothing coming. All the prayers, all the promises seemed like it's been hooked up somewhere. But you waited. You stayed. Somebody will see you tomorrow and hear your testimonies and their faith will be lifted. So the two women, I went to them and I, I, and I, I said the same thing I said this evening. I said, oh, you don't determine a true man of God by the amount, or a true Christian, by the amount of physical things the person has, but by the amount of scars they have lived through. Amount of pains that they have lived through. Don't we all know alternative routes? Who don't know alternative way here? We all know. We all know what to do. Eh? If it's to go and get uh, holy water, we know where to get holy water. Or you don't know where to get some. <laughs> if it's to go and bath in a river, who enter Lagos now will go to Babish, go and bath in and then miracle will start happening. But we, we chose not to follow those roads because we are hoping that God in his own time will fulfill what he has promised. So you keep holding on. You keep fighting. I said earlier on that breakthrough, when we say, Father, I want to break through. I want to break through. I want to break through. When, when, you, are, when you are praying for breakthrough, you are asking for war. You are asking for fight. Because breakthrough simply means going through a place where there is no door. It means Passing through iron gates with guards surrounding you. We lock ourselves inside this house that is heat everywhere and you want to come out by force. There are two lions here. Two hungry lions and they are running. And the door is locked. You want to, you want to get up. Would you find where you? I know some of us will climb here. Some will climb here. And if you finally made it out, that means you have broken through. And that's another one called break, break forth. Break forth is actually an act of God. Breaking forth is an act of God. Where he himself just announce you, popularize you, explode you. May God help us in Jesus' name. Amen. Can I get a better amen? Amen. So you carry this car. Good. It's there for us to have something to say tomorrow because God will surely come. That's one thing I know. He has never failed. He will never fail. He may not come at the time we wanted him to come. But believe me, he is coming. He is even close. Some things have happened in my life that it always gives me confidence. Anytime I find myself in things that I do not expect, it gives me confidence. When I remember things that God has done for me before, it gives me serious confidence. Because God always come true for me. And it will come true for you too. In the name of Jesus. So, the anointing of a man is not determined by the amount of miracles he performs. What is miracle? What is miracle? Miracle makes no sense when it comes to receiving reward from God. I will not be judged by the amount of miracle I perform when I get to heaven. 
I will not be judged by the amount of destinies I repaired when I get to heaven. I will not be judged by the amount of breakthrough prayers I pray for people and they made money. No. I will be judged by the amount of soul that I actually draw closer to God. That is where my reward will come from. So as a child of God, say you carry some scars and people are using it to, to mock you. Believe me, God is alive. Listen to me, I know people today that when they were in school, when they were in Valley View here, it was hard for them to even eat. It was, they have to do jama jama, go to uh, roommates, target you when your lunch is ready, then jama jama up and down. School fee serve is by fire, by force. By force, by tipa tipa, by tulasi, by this, by that. By crook, by crooked, they made it out. They finished their journey. And God settled them. And when God settles you, what happens is that it makes it do it does something in your life that will make you forget all the things you have ever been through in life. That miracle will just hit you. And when it hits you like this, you forget all the pains you have been through. So shall it be in Jesus' name. Imagine you are you have depth of you have depth of 10,000 uh, CDs and God bless you with $1 million. We do remember the debt. You pay the debt and you still have some change left. God is still in the business of raising men. So don't judge yourself by the scar that you carry. And if people judge you by your scar, clap for them. Thank, thank you. Clap for them. Clap for them. So I told the two women, in as much as the man still have the presence of God in his life, he can he can unseat you. When a man still has the presence of God on him, but he does not have the physical things of life, he can change you. He can do things. In fact, he can overrun you. When the grace of God is upon a man, but right now he does not have some physical things, he can overtake you. Don't underestimate a man with the grace of God upon his life. So tell yourself you carry grace. Tell yourself you carry unction and be grateful for where you are right now. Grateful. Because I know that he that has brought you this far will bring you to your destination. In the name of Jesus. Can I get a better amen? Amen. I look forward to a day where you will smile genuinely because of the great things that God has done in your life. Your scars will be changed to glory.